body of Christ. Good morning, brothers and sisters of the promise. Good morning, those who are seeking after God. And Christ Jesus, may he bless you all. And we gather here this morning for one simple reason, because God raised him from the dead and exalted him above all names. So we come to honour Jesus as our Lord, that we may be saved through faith. If you're visiting, know that you are among spiritual family. And so let's just get started. Come, let us all join together in song the praises of our God. Stand and sing with me, only a holy God.
Truly there is no God like our God. Righteousness and justice are his ways. What other glory consumes like fire and what other God would rescue me from my failing? Offering his only son so that all justice and righteousness may be fulfilled. This, this is the promise of the gospel that we are all here for. That if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Ken Howard is now going to lead us in a time of prayer, prayer of adoration and confession. Thank you, Ken. Good morning. Uh, I'm basing the prayer mainly on uh, Ephesians chapter 2, where Paul is writing to the Christians in Ephesus. So let us, and let us remember as, as we pray and think about that, that he's also writing to us. Our Heavenly Father, we remember your Apostle Paul writing and saying to these converted Ephesians, and you he made alive when you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the ruler that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among these we all once lived, following the prince of the power of the air, the ruler that is now now works in the sons of disobedience. And Lord, we come to that point in that prayer, but God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, made us alive in Christ. For by grace we have been saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But Lord, we can find it too easy to slip into the compromise of the world. And uh, as Jesus reminded us in the uh, parable of the sower, the, uh, the seeds that fell amongst the choking thorns and uh, resulting in the, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things choking the word and making it unfruitful. 
Lord, when in this situation, uh, may we flee to the cross, to where the blood of the Lord Jesus was shed, that our sins might be forgiven. Thank you, Lord, for your word, for your encouragement, and we, we pray that we might truly adore you and be so thankful for what you have done, how you have provided for us in the cleansing of our sins. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God in the highest for the assurance of the forgiveness of sins. Let us sing praises to God. How great thou art. We stand.
come, then I shall bow, and then proclaim, my God, how great thou art. We know not when Christ will return again, but thanks to the enduring word that is the Bible, we know what the first coming of Christ looked like. And so we'll read now from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And I believe David Hunt will be doing the reading for us. Thank you, David. Luke chapter 2, reading from verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. It's good to be reminded of the beginning of the gospel, of which we are all here for, the beginning of the lordship of our Christ, Jesus, um, of whom we are the body, unified in the promise. So let us be kept up to date on what is going on in the body. And there are a few announcements, which I don't have with me few announcements in the pew bulletin which you would have grabbed on the way in there's two that I'd really like to draw your attention to the first one is that Christmas Day service is on and it starts at 8am a little earlier than normal and the second is if you're looking for a way to serve please be considering that thoughtfully and prayerfully um, we're looking for a community garden coordinator so please consider this, but also other ways that you might serve. Uh, Josh would like to come up now and just talk about well, a few different things. I'll let him do it. <laughs> Thanks, Troy. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. 
Um, just want to call your attention to two sheets of paper that you'll find inside the bulletin. Um, one of the things, or the thing that our church is about, is about proclaiming Jesus Christ to present everyone mature in him. And uh, two of the ways that we want to grow in that over the next few years is that we want to be growing as mature disciples of Jesus and we want to be growing in outreach. Now, we need to be growing because there are 162,000 people in Toowoomba who need to hear the good news of Jesus and trust in him. And we want to reach as many of those people as we can with the good news of Jesus. The people around us is our friends and our family, our neighbours and our co-workers, those we run into at the shops. We want to reach them with the gospel. And uh, one of the opportunities that we have is that as a church we've been growing and, uh, and we're starting to feel a little squeeze in our building. And so uh, our elders and our session, uh, our elders and our community management are thinking about how we make room for more people to hear the good news of Jesus. So you'll find a little uh, sheet in there that kind of explains that. And we are wondering if you can do some things for us. Will you pray for us? Pray for wisdom and pray for, for us as we grow. Will you consider how you might be able to serve in a new situation? Would you think about the timing of a, of a new service? Um, two services is the option that the session is thinking through at the moment. And would you respond? Uh, the other sheet in there is a, a little survey for you to fill out uh, with some of your thoughts about going to a second service. Now, uh, please do fill that out. Please fill it out honestly because your honest feedback would be really helpful to us as a session. And, uh, and once you've filled it out, uh, I believe there'll be a box in the, um, in the foyer at some point that you can just drop that into. Um, so please do take that home, pray about it, uh, fill it out and, uh, and drop your feedback into that, uh, into that box. That would be really helpful. Thank you. Yes. Oh, yes. Thanks, John. <laughs> it's good that John's here to remind me. Uh, you can actually also complete it online. So there's a paper one if you would like it. But um, the best way would be to complete it online if you're able. And there's a QR code on the back of the sheet there. If you scan that with a phone, uh, we're all pretty good at QR codes now. If you scan that with a phone, it'll take you to a place where you can fill that in on your phone or your computer. That would be really helpful. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thanks for that, Josh. Um, I believe Andrew Shackey is going to come up now and just talk to us about, uh, I think it's APWM? Yes. Yes, Mission Spot for the Month. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning. It's tag team announcements this morning. Yep. <laughs> Our Mission Spot this month, regularly, every, every month we have a Mission Spot, and this month it's APWM. And uh, we are going to hear a little bit about what APWM is doing. You would know that APWM stands for the Australian Presbyterian World Mission, and it's the means by which our denomination sends out missionaries, and currently has, I think, around about 160 missionaries in about 30 different countries. So it's quite a busy organisation, and Kevin Murray, the director down in Sydney, is kept very busy indeed, looking after all these people. Many of these folk are in open countries where the Bible can be openly preached, Many are in countries where the word of God is not welcome, in fact, is actively prohibited, and they need our prayers. Part of APWM is the arm called PresAid, and PresAid is the means by which we here in Australia, as Presbyterians, can provide funds and materiel for various projects around the world 
often supervised by Method uh, Methodist, no, Presbyterian missionaries, sorry, that was a slip of the tongue, <laughs> gone way back, um, Presbyterian missionaries, but quite often too, overseen by other bodies. And uh, we regularly have a Pres Aid appeal. And this Christmas appeal, and remember, Christmas is next week, this Christmas appeal is going to go to three countries, and there's a little folder here, I don't know if we have any of these distributed, Josh, but next week, next Sunday, Christmas, or actually all this month, our mission giving, we we'll are going to Pres Aid, and it is helping the work in three different places. Firstly, building a school in Matendere, which is in Zambia, in Africa. Secondly, resourcing technology for missionaries in Southeast Asia, where the word cannot be spoken, where God's word is not welcome. And thirdly, helping a place very close to my heart, Talawa College in Vanuatu, where Marilyn and I had the privilege of serving for two years recently. So there is a short video we'll watch now from uh, Reverend John Wilson just promoting the work of Presaid. So let's watch that together. Hi, John Wilson, Acting Convener of Presaid. That's the overseas aid and development arm of the Presbyterian Church. Allow me three minutes of your time to introduce this year's Christmas Presaid appeal. This Tendere, District of Kosaka, streets are crowded, chaotic, noisy, but an atmosphere anything but the name that it bears, because Tendere means peace. It's such a neat area, desperate poverty, high density of children. Most families can't even find basic daily needs, and the children, they live on the street. Government schools are full, they cannot possibly cater for the number of children that have come. Too often they get brushed aside. That reminds me of the disciples one day with Jesus. Jesus says, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. This year's appeal is wide enough to include the teaching equipment that we need for a theological college in Southeast Asia and also for the storm damage and provision of solar energy units in Tulula, Vanuatu. Both of those very needy causes. But the big project this year is to renovate Tendere CCMP Community School, Lusaka, Zambia, and to extend its campus. It's interesting that that country of Zambia, right across every Presbyterian church on its cramped block of land, is trying to build a school. Two months ago, I walked around this side and I was dust and roll. And I saw a current bare shell of a school. And I asked the principal, how many children do you have? And she said, five from seven. And then began reciting their names to me. And I protested and said, stop. There's no room for them. There's only three habits of classroom I can see and barely 50 students I literally teared up. But I learned that this Presbyterian Mission Dam, the original of the street kids, can only offer two hours of teaching per student per day. So that's the 407 pupils rostered to attend for only one shift per day, and then they're sent home. And even then, they sit through your desk. I ask what sort of education is that? And it's the vision of this Presbyterian congregation on Saga, as it is with most Presbyterian churches across India, though they're very poor themselves, very few in number, they want to provide a school on their cramped 
plot of land. Uh, this is the teaching staff that I met, not properly paid. They're sacrificing much, giving their talents in order to make this community school work. And it's all under the authority of CCAP Synod of Zambia. Friends, let's give this year that they may grow in the love, nurture, and Christ. Yes, uh, it's a bold aim, Fred said. It cracks the biggest target ever, but I know that the Christian Church in Australia can rise to it because we have the love of God in our hearts, the grace of Christ blessing us immeasurably, and the prompting and power of the Holy Spirit within us. And remember that every dollar donated goes directly to the field without any deduction of any kind. Interestingly, there's a Victorian team going to Osaka in April next year in ministry. What joy if they could bring back first-hand reports and pictures to us of a renovated, rebuilt school from your generous donations. I'll sign up for now till next year. May God bless you. So it can be seen from that short snippet that the need is indeed very great. Imagine a school where you only have two hours of lectures every couple of weeks. Imagine not having the resources to evangelise people in Southeast Asian countries where you cannot speak that word openly. I, I, I know that the world well, is full of need, isn't it? And I guess perhaps I'm a little biased because I've been to Vanuatu and I know what Talawa's like and some of us have been there too. Their needs are great as well. I know that they've presented a master list to um, Reverend Kevin Murray, the, uh, the director, and with quite a few needs for the college itself. But the two main needs I would highlight very briefly are the need for a vehicle, as the current Hilux is actually 14 years old and is on about its 12th life. And in a situation where they're 25 kilometres of potholes from town and it takes an hour to go 25 kilometres, vehicles don't last. They have an urgent need for a new vehicle. Their power situation is dire. Vanuatu is halving their diesel import, halving the amount of fuel that comes into the country. Prices are approaching $2.50 a litre, and it's only going to get worse. So there is a big push to uh, equip the college with a solar system that will run the whole college and basically do away with the need for that fuel. Yes, the need is dire. The world across has many needs. It's been said that we have plenty of money and it's all in here and we need to give to these needs. If we are truly seeking to make mature disciples in this world, not just in St John's but in the world, let's seriously consider how we action that, how we give to mission. So I would encourage you, if you have a desire to support mission, place your donation in an envelope, mark it Presaid Mission and put it in the offering bag and it will be directed to where it needs to go. God truly is at work. He just needs us to do our bit too. He does all the work, but we need to support it. So let's prayerfully consider how we might support mission. Thanks, Troy. What more needs to be said? Um, we'll now take up the collection. Let us, let us uh, have a prayer of dedication for the offering. Heavenly Father, 
You have said that you are a God who gives good gifts and in plenty. And Heavenly Father, we acknowledge you that you have said this, that you have done this, and so we honour you for it. God, please accept these gifts, uh, a token of all that you have given us. You've given abundantly, far more than we ever deserve. So please use these offerings as a thank offering for the continued work of your church. In Christ's name, amen. Right, it's now time for the kids' talk. So all the young ones and all those young at heart, Andrew, please come down. Come and grab a seat down the front, kids. Have a seat down the front. Morning, kids. How are you guys going today? Are you Dean or Papa? Dean. Dean. All right. I'm glad to hear that. Kids, did you know it is only one week until Christmas? Who's, who's excited? Me! You! You're all excited. That's good. And, uh, and kids, whose birthday is it that we celebrate at Christmas time? Whose birthday? Jesus' birthday. That's right. It's Jesus' birthday. But why is Jesus' birthday worth celebrating forever? And who is Jesus and what does he come to do? Oh, hang on to that and I'm going to ask you in a bit because I've got some ideas too. Kids, did you know that Jesus has got more than one name? More than one name. He's got several names that tell us about what he does. His name is Jesus, which means God saves because he came to save us from our sins. He's also called Emmanuel. Does anyone know what Emmanuel means? God with us. Because he's God with us. And there are some others too that I want to tell you about this morning. Did you know that people were waiting for Jesus' birthday for a really, really long time? Even into the Old Testament. And there was a guy called Isaiah, and he was an Old Testament prophet, and he told the people that Jesus' birthday was coming, and he gave them some names of who Jesus is and what he's going to do. Now, uh, I've got some here, and I'm going to need some helpers to come and hold some signs for me. First, who, who, I've got a little picture. This is what we can imagine baby Jesus look like, so that we can be reminded that these names are his name. Who wants to come and hold this one? All right, come on, Abby. You can come up here. All right. I can see some volunteers over there. I'm coming to you next. And, uh, and do you know what? Here is what Isaiah said. I've printed it out as a sign. Who would like to come and hold this one for me? Would you like to come and hold it? Alright. Come and stand up here next to Abby. And hold this one up so everyone can see. I'll squeeze over. Alright. Let's see. Can we hold it? Let's hold it this way so everyone can see it. It's Isaiah 9, chapter 6. And it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder. That's because Jesus is going to be the king. And his name shall be called dot, dot, dot. Oh, well, let's look at his name, say. What names does Isaiah say? Who would like to come and hold this one? I don't know. Would you come and hold this one? 
Abby, can you shuffle along that way a little bit? Can you shuffle along too? Alright, here you go. Alright, his name is Wonderful Counselor. A counselor is someone who has very wise and good advice. And this, Jesus, is going to be one who has miraculous advice that is God's own wisdom for how we should live. Alright, what's the next name? Who would like to, No, would you like to come and give me a hand? I saw you holding the hand up so you'd be ready. Would you like to come and hold this one? Alright, come stand up here. Here you go. He shall also be called Mighty God. That's because Jesus is just is not just an ordinary person. He is God, come to be with us and to save us. Alright, who's I've got another one who wants to hold it? Alright, Eleora, come and give it. I'll come to you next, okay? You next. Alright. Come stand up here, Eleora. Can we shuffle down anymore? Not right. Alright. He shall be called Everlasting Father. That's a funny name for a baby, isn't it? But do you know Father is uh, someone who looks after their kids very kindly? And God the Father looks after his people. And Jesus is going to be one who looks after his people forever. Alright, I've got one more. Let's see if we can squeeze. I'm going to move this. How about that? There we go. Alright, I've got one more. Would you like to hold it? Alright, come and stand up here. Let's shuffle along. Alright. Jesus is also going to be called the Prince of Peace. That's because he is a king who's going to come so that we can have peace with God and peace with each other through relationship with him. He's going to bring that forever peace that we all long for. Now kids, I've run out of signs now, but see all the names that Jesus has? He's going to be a wonderful counsellor and a prince of peace and mighty God and everlasting father. And that's why Jesus' birth is so worth celebrating. It's why it's worth having a great day on Christmas Day. Because Jesus is God the Son, born as a baby, born to be God's promised King, to save us from our sins by dying on the cross and to rule over us as our perfect King forever. That is a birth worth celebrating, kids. Now, kids, I want you to remember this week. I want you to remember that the best thing about Christmas isn't the presents. It's uh, not um, the stockings. It's not even the Christmas dessert. The best thing about Christmas is Jesus. That we celebrate Jesus, God's promised King who came for us. All right. Thank you, kids. You can give those back to me and grab a seat and then we're going to pray, okay? Thank you for helping. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You can sit down. Come and sit down in front of us here. I'm going to pray. Thank you. Good job, guys. All right. I'm going to pray for us. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Christmas where we celebrate him, that he is your promised king who will take care of us forever. Thank you that he died for our sins. So if we trust in him, we can have peace with you. We pray that you would help us remember these things this Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Kids, did you know that 
Jesus' birth at Christmas was always part of God's plan. It didn't take him by surprise. Nothing that happens takes God by surprise. Have we got a song about that? A song with a steering wheel. Do you guys remember that one? Alright, get your steering wheels out. It's time for us to stand up and sing. Would you stand up and join us if you're able, please? surprise and it's good too that we can come to him and talk to him and ask for his help and so we are going to come to him together in prayer now let's pray our heavenly father we thank you for your grace and mercy to us through your son jesus lord jesus thank you that although you are in the very nature god Although you shape the world by your powerful word and live for eternity past in peace and glory, you have graciously served us. At Christmas, we're reminded that you, Lord Jesus, did not consider equality with the Father something to be held on to. Instead, you served us by being born as a human baby. Not in the power and glory of a palace, but in the poverty and mess of a stable. You have experienced our suffering and our brokenness. You have been tempted as we are in every way, and yet you never sinned. Not only that, but you went to the cross, willingly taking our suffering, our shame, 
the wrath we deserve for our sin. You did this so that through faith in you we might be forgiven, reconciled to the Father, adopted as your sons and daughters and given, us a, given a glorious future. Thank you, Lord, for all your mercy and kindness to us. Help us not lose sight of these things amidst uh, this Christmas, amidst all the presents and celebrations. Instead, fix our eyes on you, Lord. Grow us in faith and in gratitude for what you've done. Grow us in humble love for others so we may serve each other as you have served us. Grow us to be more like you, Lord Jesus. We pray for those of our church family, Lord. We pray for those who are sick or in care. We pray particularly for Phyllis, David, Rob and Jackie. We pray for all those who are or have been sick with COVID. We pray for those who are in care. Please sustain them, comfort them, keep their eyes fixed on Jesus and grant healing where it's your will. We pray for all those who are away at the moment for the holidays and we ask that you would watch over them and keep them safe as they travel. We pray for rest and refreshment for growth in love for one another and for you, and for growth in godliness as they keep their eyes fixed on Jesus. Father, we pray for all those affected in the horrible shooting out near Tara this past week. Lord God, we grieve this terrible thing. We cry out to you in sorrow. Why, O Lord? Why would people do such an evil thing? Why do evil people get away with things like this? Why do good people have to die like that? Our world is broken and wicked and we cry out for your mercy and your justice, Lord. Please be with and comfort the families of those who were killed. Please meet them in their grief. And we pray that this would be something that would drive them to you in faith. Please restrain those who would do similar evil. Please watch over those who serve as police officers. They might truly do what is just, that they would serve faithfully and they would be safe as they do it. Father, we also continue to pray for your people in West Africa. We thank you for watching over those who are travelling to pick up the family left in the dangerous area. Please protect them and give them peace as they return to get more family from that place. Thank you also for giving healing to the sick boy. Please work through this in his life and the life of his family that they would turn to you in faith and trust. Please grant your people there perseverance, boldness and peace and confidence that comes from you. Please work through the gospel so many would turn to you in faith and trust in that area. Lord, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to read again from God's word now, from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. David's going to read for us. Thanks, David. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun, and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. 
You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they were glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Thanks, David. We're going to look at this passage together now. Let's pray and ask God for his help as we come to it. Heavenly Father, thank you for this part of your word that points us to Jesus. Please help us understand it. And Lord, please work through it to change us to be more like him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever had a brush with someone famous and then only realised it later? Uh, There was a great story about this that came out after the death of Queen Elizabeth earlier this year. Royal Protection Officer Richard Griffin, he tells the story of how he and the Queen ran into two American hikers while they were out walking near Balmoral Castle in Scotland. When the hikers found out that she'd been coming there regularly since she was a girl, they asked her if she'd ever met Queen Elizabeth. She says, well, I haven't, but Dick here meets her regularly. And the hiker is amazed. You've met the Queen? What is she like? To pull the Queen's leg, Richard says, oh, she can be very cantankerous at times, but she has got a lovely sense of (laughs) humour. And before he can react, the hiker has his arm around him, passes his camera to the Queen for her to take their photo, and uh, eventually they swap photos and they get a photo with the Queen as well, and they walk off none the wiser. Queen Elizabeth says, I would love to be a fly on the wall when he shows those photographs to their friends in America. And hopefully someone tells him who I am. What a brush with fame, hey? They came so close to realising who they were talking to, but they just didn't quite grasp it. And I wonder if it's a little bit like that when the shepherds visit Jesus that very first Christmas. We read it earlier, they're out in the fields minding the sheep when angels appear to them and glory shines all around them. An angel tells them a baby is born who is a saviour, Christ the Lord. And they rush off to see the baby, they tell the story, they walk off praising and glorifying God. In one sense, they do get who this baby is. He is the Christ, God's promised king, the saviour who will save his people. But I think in another sense, they haven't fully grasped it. They haven't only met God's promised king. They have been face to face with God the Son himself, come to save his people. 
In the run-up to Christmas, we're taking a closer look at some of the Christmas carols that we often sing. Carols that when we look closer at them and the parts of the Bible that they inspired them, they give us a fresh glimpse of the wonder of that first Christmas. And this moment when the shepherds come and see Jesus and wonder at who he is, is captured beautifully in the carol, What Child Is This? But if we really want to see who this child is, if we want to see the fullness that the shepherds miss, we have to go back a little bit further, back to God's announcement through his prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. See, Isaiah shows us that this child is not just the saviour and the promised king. This child is God himself, come to restore his people and establish his perfect kingdom forever. And our only right response is to rejoice in him, to worship him, and to trust in him. So let's dig in and see for ourselves, what child is this? Well, the first thing Isaiah shows us is that this child will restore his people. Isaiah, he's writing in an uncertain and dangerous time. It's about 733 BC. God's people, Israel, they've been living in constant rebellion against God. And God has been warning them through the prophets, that, like Isaiah, that their rebellion is going to mean judgment. Just like God told them hundreds of years before, if they persist, they're going to be conquered by enemy nations and carried off in exile. And the great rescue of the the Exodus, where God saved Israel from slavery, it is going to be reversed. They're going to be unrescued, taken away. When Isaiah is writing, Assyria is the great empire of the ancient world, the great threat to God's people. And Isaiah says, Assyria is coming. God is going to judge his people. But there's a ray of hope. God promises that one day he will restore them and he will judge the king of Assyria. And these verses from Isaiah 9 are that ray of hope. And it is literally a shining light in the darkness. Verse 1. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. God's people, they're going to be in darkness and contempt because of their sin. Zebulun and Naphtali, they were up in the north of Israel. They were the first places to be conquered by the king of Assyria and face God's judgment. They were the places that were brought into contempt and shame. But that's not the end of the story. One day, in the latter time, God will reverse it. Instead of shame and contempt, these places will be places of glory. Instead of darkness, they will be places where light shines. Verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. God is going to do his great work of restoration, of reversing the brokenness and punishment of his people, of bringing light to those in darkness. In Isaiah's time, this hasn't happened yet. In fact, this is a really long way off because the punishment hasn't even landed yet. But God's promise is so sure that Isaiah talks about it in the past tense. 
as if it has already happened. God will restore the people. He will reverse their punishment. Instead of darkness, there'll be light. Instead of anguish, they'll be full of joy. Verse 3. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. Instead of the burden of slavery and exile, they're going to have true freedom. Verse 4. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. God's going to rescue them again. Just like he rescued them from Egypt, like he rescued them from Midian. You can read that story in Judges 6 to 8. Through Gideon and this tiny force of 300 men, God rescued his people from the Midianites who were oppressing them. God will restore his people. But he's going to do it in a surprising way. God used Gideon, this really unimpressive leader, Uh, And a tiny force of only 300 slightly strange men who lapped up water like dogs. You can read it. And we'll see in a moment. uh, And he used that force to save his people. It's surprising. We're going to see in a moment that when God restores his people, it's going to be surprising again. He's going to restore through a little child lying in a manger. One more way that God's going to restore them. Instead of war, they're going to enjoy peace. Verse 5. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. All the equipment and the uniforms of the soldiers will be burned because they won't need them anymore. Because God will give them peace, sure peace, lasting peace. We're going to see in a moment that this is all through a child, a very special child, the child lying in a manger that very first Christmas. What child is this? This is a child who will restore his people. He himself is the light of the world who shines in the darkness of our sin to save us. He is the one who rescues us from slavery to sin and death to give us the true freedom of living as his people. As the resurrected king, he will one day bring about true and lasting peace where there will be no more wars or fighting or suffering. We won't need guns or defence forces or police officers with tasers where we will enjoy peace forever. Jesus is the one who brings us joy and rejoicing instead of anguish and fear. This child is the one who restores his people. He's worth rejoicing in. That's what the carol, this child, what child is this, says. Each verse ends with praising the child in the manger, praising Jesus. And the end of the song is joy, joy, for Christ is born, the babe, the son of Mary. But it's easy for us to lose the joy of Christmas, isn't it? For some, Christmas is a stressful and busy time where the task list grows and grows, the shops get busier and busier, and there just doesn't seem to be enough time. If that's you, see the baby in the manger. Come to free you from slavery and fear and anguish. Rejoice in him. For some, Christmas is a sad and difficult time. A time of remembering those who are lost and aren't here, who've been lost. A time of sorrow. 
But I want to say to you, see again the child in the manger, the light of the world in darkness, the one who comes to deal with sin and death forever, to ultimately bring us to a world where he wipes away every tear from our eyes and we have perfect peace with him. Even in the midst of our sorrow, we can rejoice in Jesus. Let's rejoice in this child who will restore his people. What child is this that can do all this? That's the next thing we see. This child is God himself. Look in verse 6. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The four at the beginning of this verse, sets the whole thing up. This is how the restoration of the last five verses will happen. Not through a mighty army, not through plagues and miracles like the Exodus, through a child, a child given by God himself. This is no ordinary child. This is a child who will reign. The government will be on his shoulders. Actually, that's how his people will be restored. He will take the government and rule of his people on his shoulders and the yoke of slavery will be lifted off the shoulders of his people. They will have freedom instead of oppression because he will take the weight of rule on his own shoulders. He did that when he bore the weight of our sin for us on the cross. As the carol says, nails, spear shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. Because our punishment is on his shoulders, we can be free through faith in him. And who is this child? Look at those four names there. He'll be called a wonderful counsellor. The word wonderful here is the same word used for the mighty miracles of God in rescuing his people in the Old Testament. And a counsellor is someone who advises and decides with wisdom. This, count, this child will have a miraculous, wonder-inspiring wisdom, a godlike wisdom. He'll be called Mighty God. This goes far beyond any human king. In the ancient world, other cultures might have used names like this for their kings, but not God's people. Isaiah using this is far more than just flattery for royal. This child will be God himself. The mighty God who has rescued his people and saved them, who has been faithful to his promises time and time again. He'll be called everlasting father. In the Old Testament, God himself is the father of Israel. He cares for his people. In Deuteronomy, he says he carried Israel through the wilderness like a father carries his small child. And this child will be called Everlasting Father. He will care for his people with the gentle, gracious, loving care of a father. And he'll do it forever. Death will not end his reign. He will rule for all time. And he'll be called the Prince of Peace. And the word for prince here is a word that's only ever used of human leaders. This child will be God, but he will also be human. And through his rule and reign, he will bring peace. 
That's shalom. It's more than just a ceasefire. It's not just the stopping of war. It's the true peace and whole of life flourishing that comes from a right relationship with God and flows out in loving relationships with others. This is real lasting peace from God. And this child will bring it. We can't miss the big picture here. This is no ordinary child. The baby that Isaiah promises is somehow God himself come to rule his people. Come to take their burdens on himself and bring peace. Now Isaiah couldn't have known exactly how this will be fulfilled. It was too awesome for him, but we do We know that it was fulfilled that first Christmas as God the Son himself took on flesh. Was born as a human baby, a real baby with flesh and blood, arms and legs. A baby would have cried, who would have been hungry and tired, who needed to sleep. This little, dependent, helpless baby is God the Son himself. Come to live as a real human being, to experience our temptations, our suffering, our lives. Come to take our punishment, our sorrows, our guilt on himself at the cross. Come to rise again in victory and to reign forever as our wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. What child is this? This child is God himself come to save us. And our only right response to this child then is to recognise him as our king. He has come to take our burdens on himself and to reign as our king. So let's surrender our burdens and come to him in faith. To acknowledge our need and trust in him as our king. Maybe you're someone who's here this morning and you haven't done that yet. Maybe you haven't trusted in Jesus. This child in the manger is the king of kings. Today will you trust in him? Will you put your faith in him, not just as a king, but as your king? Will you acknowledge your desperate need of him and rely on him in faith? He welcomes all those who come to him in faith. Why not do that today? If that is you, come and have a chat to me later. I'd love to talk to you more about it. But maybe you're someone who has already trusted in Jesus as your king. If that's you, then be comforted. Be reminded that this great king, this mighty God, Prince of Peace, he cares for you. He takes on himself the burdens and sorrows that you can never bear. His yoke is easy and his burden is light because he bears it for you. So this Christmas rests in him and thank him. This is not just a temporary rescue. Not only is this child God himself, but this child will reign forever. A few hundred years before Isaiah, God made a great promise to King David. He promised that David's house and throne would be established forever. But by the time of Isaiah, David's descendants have proved faithless. God has been faithful, but they've not. They've turned away from God, and now God is promising that they will be defeated and carried off into exile. But the failure of the kings does not mean the failure of God's promise. Verse 7. 
Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. His government and reign, this child, is going to increase forever. It is steadfast and sure. In in Australia, we have a government that seems to change every three or four years. Our government can't do long-term planning because they don't know if they will still be in government in five years, let alone 50. They can only operate from election to election. While I was at college, I knew a guy who was from Singapore. And in Singapore, the same government has won every single election since 1959. Over 63 years, this government has been able to make long-term plans and see them through to govern the economy and society of Singapore. But imagine a good and perfect government, a just government, A wise government, one which is truly good for all people, a government which doesn't just last for one election cycle or even only for 63 years, but a government that lasts forever. That's the government of this child. The kingdom of Jesus, perfect peace and stability forever, a just and stable rule for all time. When Isaiah is writing this, Israel is just about to face God's judgment for their failure to worship him, their failure to treat the needy with justice and to obey his laws and righteousness. But the kingdom of Jesus will be a kingdom of justice and righteousness forever. Absolutely good. Forever. God himself, Yahweh, the promise-keeping, enemy-defeating, people-rescuing God of Israel, he will accomplish this. He is the commander of the hosts of heaven. He will bring it about. It is not down to the whim of men or the will of voters. God himself will do it. It is absolutely certain. This little child in the manger is God's promised forever king. He's died and risen again. He is now sitting at the right hand of God in glory. And one day he will return to bring about his perfect kingdom Forever. Do you long for peace? Does the war in Ukraine break your heart and make you long for peace? Does a senseless shooting of those police officers this week make you mourn and long for peace? Does the brokenness of our world of sickness and suffering and pain make you long for real, true peace? for true justice and righteousness. Banning the bomb won't bring about that kind of peace. Gun control can't do it. Regulation or human government won't bring it about. The UN can't do it. The police can't enforce it because the problem is not out there. The problem is in us, in the human heart. Only Jesus, through his death and resurrection, can solve that problem. Only Jesus, when he returns in glory, can bring true, lasting peace, justice and righteousness. (coughs) This is not pie-in-the-sky hope. It is true and sure. As sure as God always keeps his promises, he will bring it about. 
This child in the manger is God's answer to our longing for perfect peace. He will bring it. In fact, he is our only hope. So this morning, let's cry out to him. Let's look to him as our only source for true peace. And let's point others to the peace that we can only find in him. As we look for and look forward together to the day when he returns and establishes his perfect kingdom forever. The zeal of our promise keeping God will do this. What child is this? The shepherd saw it in part. This is the Christ, God's promise forever king. But it was so much more than they could imagine. This is not just the Christ, this is God himself. Come to restore his people and establish his kingdom forever. I think this carol sums up our response to him well. Let's come to him as our king and praise him. In the words of the carol. So bring him incense, gold and myrrh. Come peasant and king to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. Raise, raise the song on high. The virgin sings her lullaby. Joy, joy for Christ is born. The babe, the son of Mary. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, the child in the manger, the child who restores his people, who is God the Son himself, come for us, who will reign in perfect peace forever. Father, thank you for the precious gift of Jesus. Thank you that through faith in him we have peace with you and we look forward to the day when he returns and brings about his perfect kingdom and peace and reign here on this earth. We look forward to that day together. Please help us this week to rejoice in him, this child that you have sent to save us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Be fitting for us to sing our carol now. Let's stand and sing together. What child is this?
Thank you. Please take a seat. Hope that you've been encouraged by God's word this morning, and maybe your joy at Christmas refreshed and renewed a little bit. If you're visiting with us, we hope you felt very welcome. We're really glad you're here. We hope too that maybe you'll stick around for a cuppa and a piece of cake or a bicky over in the hall. We'd love the chance to get to know you. And please consider filling out one of these little blue cards. That's just a way for us to get to know you and for us to send you some information so you can get to know us too. Uh, Let me leave you with these words from the end of Hebrews chapter 13. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Have a good week.